Psalm 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Proclaim his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. O nations of the Lord, O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with his truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. So, um, okay. One of my very favorite chapters in the Lord of the Rings is, uh, is near uh, the end of The Return of the King. And they, you know, in the movies, they just like pass this by really, really quick. But there's a whole wonderful chapter on it. It's called The Fields of Cormallen, where the ring's finally destroyed. And all of this, uh, um, all of this hard labor is, is finished. And, uh, and Frodo is so broken down that, that, uh, that he sleeps for two weeks. He just like, you know, he's in a coma from the end of March till the middle of April. And he wakes up in this, uh, in this tent in a field in a, uh, in a, in a bed with, uh, with this linen. And, um, and Sam, of course, has been waiting for him to, to wake up this whole time. And then the coolest thing happens. It's what Sam has been waiting for. A minstrel comes in and sings this epic song about <laughs> all of their deeds and how everything, um, how everything was accomplished and how excellent everything is now. And Sam just bursts into tears. So <laughs> I like Sam. Um, Anyway, that's, that's kind of the feel you get reading Psalm 96. This is just like a pure play of praising God. And it's awesome. And everything about it is great. It leads right off. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. And it just keeps building, talking about how excellent and amazing God is and how wonderful he is and just starts listing out all of the ways that God is wonderful and all the things that, that he's done that nobody else has and how beautiful he is and, and how he's created everything and how he rules and he holds the whole earth steady and how he reigns with justice and it's awesome. 
and it calls us to uh, be glad and rejoice. And um, so that's a good thing. Um, anyway, we've been doing this, uh, this series on praying through the Psalms, and uh, I accidentally started the series, and uh, apparently now I get to, uh, now I get to uh, conclude the series as well. And um, so, we, so we have this psalm, this last one, it's 96, it's this triumphant praise to God, and I have a confession to make that I tried to write this sermon, I've been trying, I tried all last weekend and it wasn't coming together and I'm, I'm trying yesterday and it's, and it's falling apart because, uh, because I, 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 I wasn't feeling it, this triumphant awesomeness of, uh, of um, I don't know, just... Hey, look how great God is. It just it wasn't there for me. Um, and in fact, you know, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad my friend Steve Huber is here. And he's given me many, many categories to, uh, to, to, to think, about, think about life. And uh, for the past couple of weeks, frankly, I feel like I've been feasting at the Taco Bell dumpster. Thank you, Steve, for helping me <laughs> to hang <laughs> To, 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 to put words to what I'm feeling. And, and, and if I'm looking at it and I'm trying to, trying to pull everything together, the other thing that's really true is that faith is not the easy cheese of life. I don't just squeeze it out and everything is glorious and becomes better because I have a can of cheese. It's not where I'm at. Instead, this is, this is where I'm at. Uh, things at work hit me sideways. Um, you know, I run IT for a university and and uh, and this was the this was the week that faculty does advising so students can register for classes and we had a website go down and guess which website it was it was the advising and class registration website right in the middle of uh, advising and registration so so I have, I've, I've, I have an entire campus of, uh, of stressed out students, and we're trying, to, uh, we're trying to troubleshoot that. More than that, I had brilliantly the week before sent an email out to my entire staff and said, all of you guys are really good at losing your vacation days at the end of the year. Start scheduling vacation now. And so my web developer, who would have been the best guy to fix this, was on vacation. And... Um, and then, uh, and then another guy who's a pretty decent developer and didn't necessarily handle this, but he would have been the second best guy to fix this, happened to then uh, be home with a stomach bug. So, uh, so having a really enjoyable time. And then there were struggles in, uh, in my family, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave those out. They're the same struggles you guys all know. It's <laughs> our families aren't that different. Just, you know. Well, anyway. And then I was praying for I was praying for people who were uh, who were stressed out about waiting for outcomes of medical tests, and that was that was no fun. And and then I was reading the news, and the news is terrible. Um, last week I, I ran a 5K at a, at, a, at a synagogue, and I'd signed up for that a while ago. Um, but then, of course, the week before that, then we have uh, we have a, a shooting at a at a synagogue, and I'm sitting here getting ready to run, and I'm looking around thinking, how, what kind of hatred do you have to cultivate in your heart to randomly want to shoot these people? How evil is that? Um, it was pretty heartbreaking. And then, of course, that was, uh, that was followed up, um, you know, immediately by, uh, by a shooting of, uh, you know, college-age kids, um, and I'm walking through campus, and I'm like, 
ugh. I'm just seeing all of these things. I probably shouldn't call them kids, but they all, I don't know, once you're under 35, you look like a baby to me. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm just seeing all these, all these kids, and I'm thinking, how, how broken and, and sad is this? And I'm so feeling the weight of, of all of it at once. And so then I'm, I'm sitting down to write the sermon, sing, to, sing a new song to the Lord, let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. And, um, I was like, and, and so I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around that and, and write that and, and be faithful to what's in the text when, it, when I'm not feeling it. Um, happily for all concerned, Annette was there, and so she, uh, she helped me out significantly, so... Pretty much all the worthwhile things I'm about to say, <laughs> she, uh, she tossed my way yesterday. Because, um, you see, here's the interesting thing about this. Um, when the psalm says, proclaim his glorious deeds among the nations, tell everybody about the amazing things he does. There's something transcendent about that. The, the praise we give to God is relevant and appropriate, even in the moment when we're not feeling it. Okay? It's not that it's not that terrible things aren't happening. It's not that our lives aren't coming at us from every direction so that we're we're not overwhelmed. It's 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 none of those it's none of those things. It's that God is beyond that, above that. Yeah, transcendent. That's really the word, that, uh, that, 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 that what he has done and what makes him incredible is beyond what our everyday lives are. And at the same time, he's imminent. He's very close. He's with us in, um, in the struggle. So it's appropriate and right to praise God because we have a God who has entered into our world and entered into our lives and who does amazing deeds among the nations. Um, the other thing that's helping me out in this sermon is a point that Josh made last week because he, he talked about speaking the truth about God and the world even when it doesn't line up with how we feel. It takes a step of faith when we worship we're saying that what's true about God doesn't always line up with how we might be feeling, but when we step into worship, we step into to the truth and the presence of God, and we're changed. So in light of that truth, let's take a look at, um, at Psalm 96. So first question that I have for you is, uh, is, is, what exactly do you worship? What exactly do you worship? Um, hopefully it's God, but... You and I both know a lot of times it's something different. Um, and T. Wright has said, uh, you become like what you worship. When you gaze in awe, admiration, and wonder at something or someone, you begin to take on something of the character of the object of your worship. So, uh, so looking at this psalm, who is it that we worship? Who is the object of our worship? And why is this 
why is this worth contemplating? And the, here are just some of the things that, 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 that leap out. Okay, so verse 2. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Okay? Proclaim his glorious deeds. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Okay? Um, he's not an idol. He's not a mere idol. Um, mere idol, in case you're, uh, in case you're wondering. They, they, there's this... Uh, there's this strand that runs through the Psalms and Proverbs and a lot of the prophets of just of, of mocking how ineffective idols are. Isaiah actually comes out and, 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 and takes this to, to a whole new level where he says, why do you actually worship an idol? Because think about it. You take this stick and you cut it in half. And one half you carve and you make a little god and you put that there and you worship it. And the other half of the stick, you take it and you build a fire, and you cook beans on it. He's like, it's a stick. Half of it you carved, half of it you're cooking dinner. Stop worshiping the stick. Okay? This is not the God that we serve. He's not a mere idol. Instead, instead, he's the creator. He's the creator of, of, of all things. Um, he's to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens honor and majesty strand and strength and beauty fill a sanctuary so you have this uh, you have this this theme honor strength beauty of him reigning of uh, recognizing that he's strong the the world isn't shaken okay because he's he's holding it together um, so yeah and and then you start rolling into the uh, the last third of, 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 of this psalm, and what you get is that he doesn't just rule, he hasn't just created everything, he doesn't just set the heavens up and, and wind the clock and let it tick and, and, and roll through, but he comes to judge the earth fairly with equity and with justice. And this is where I, I, I think this psalm moves from being so amazingly transcendent where God's over everything to being so amazingly imminent where God is coming and is close to us, cares about what's happening in our, uh, in our lives and, and in our world and in our nation. And so you, have, so you have the whole sweep from the hugely transcendent to the very close and imminent. Um, at this point, I want to say... One of the things that I am worst at that I was struck um, that I want to learn to cultivate is contemplation. Because actually, so think about this. Some just, and I, I listed out a lot of the highlights for you of what, this, what the psalmist is talking about that's so amazing about God. And if... If N.T. Wright is correct, and obviously I think he is, or I wouldn't have bothered to quote him on your <laughs> sermon outline, that we become like what we worship, then maybe one of the things we should do is deliberately cultivate the skill of contemplation, where we're actually sitting down and deliberately thinking about who God is and what are these characteristics that... that um, we should be worshiping, and uh, and 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 we should uh, we should like to emanate. Now, a lot of these things. Um, okay, we become 
like what we worship. Nowhere near on the same scale, okay? I'm not about to create a star, and, and God created billions and billions of them, all right? That's okay. But there is an act of, uh, there, there are acts we do that are creative and redemptive. I did not die for the sins of the world. Jesus did that. I speak about that, and I, and, I, and, I, and I give God glory for that, and I, and I speak about the truth of the, of the mercy and forgiveness that's there, and I can lead other people to that. So it's, you know, I'm not saying it's the exact same thing. You're not, you know, we're not gods. <laughs> but we follow God. We, we are... Uh, if you want to get theological about it, sometimes that's called being a sub-creator after God. But, uh, but you see what I'm talking about as we look at what God's character is and we contemplate it. Um, we, we have the opportunity to engage in the lives of people around us and speak the mercy of God and the truth of his salvation and, uh, and to lead others to worship our amazing God as well. C.S. Lewis puts it this way, it is in the process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to men. To love you as I should, I must worship God as creator. Um, it doesn't work any other way. If I'm actually going to engage in your lives and, and love you, and if you're going to love me, and we're going to actually engage with the lives of people around us, we, we have to be people who, who worship and are changed by who, um, by, by who God is. Um, Jesus addresses this when he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is, this is worship, right? Loving the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your soul and all, and all your mind. And he very deliberately keeps going. And he says, you know, and, and, and he calls us to love your neighbor as yourself. And I actually think, I actually think it's it, it, there's there's a, there's a causation there as we as we learn who God is and we learn to worship God. We learn to love the people around us correctly. When we step out and praise, the very act of worshiping God changes who we are. We become more Christ-like. We are united with Christ. And we are able to step out in love for others. Ah. All right. So, here's the thing. You have this, um, if you go in verses like 11 to 13, the, the, the last third of the psalm there. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with truth. Um, I think there's a, uh, there's a real call in worshiping God, in recognizing, um, recognizing that he is a God of justice, and this, this matters to our worship. So if we are going to be people who um, become like the one we worship, 
I think there's a call to us. I don't think there's a call to us. I know there's a call to us to become people who care about and are engaged in, in, uh, in issues related to justice. Um, the Bible gets really, really specific and practical about this. Okay? Uh, farmers are told deliberately not to be careful when they're harvesting. Like, hey, you know what? Don't, uh, don't double check. Don't go back and pick up anything you left. Don't harvest all the way to the edge of your field. If you, leave a, if you leave a sheath in the middle of the field, don't go get it. Let the foreigner, the poor, the widows, and the orphans go pick that up. Actually, deliberately leave it for them. That was the law in Israel. Um, that's, just, that's just one law related to that. There's a lot. Um, judges are deliberately told not to, uh, not to rule unjustly, not to favor the rich over the poor, definitely never to take a bribe. And, uh, and, it goes, and it goes farther than that, actually, in Jeremiah 22. It actually comes out and says that's, that's one of the reasons that, uh, that is cited for actually Israel being led off to, um, into captivity in Babylon. There are definitely other reasons, but, uh, but that's one of them. That they're, the, uh, the house of David that was ruling was, uh, was deliberately condemned for not... Uh, executing justice appropriately and evenly, regardless of, uh, regardless of wealth, regardless of race. Um, it's very, very, uh, it's very specific about that. And then, aliens and strangers living in the land should be treated equally and fairly. Israel's commanded to welcome strangers because they lived as strangers in, in Egypt. Pause and think about that for a second, because this theme comes up again and again. Welcome the alien and the stranger because you are the alien and the stranger in Egypt. Um, think about Israel in Egypt. This was not a fun little, this wasn't a fun little vacation. This command is not, hey, remember when you lived in Egypt, how much fun it was and how well they treated you? Therefore, you should pay it forward and return the, uh, return the favor. Um, Israel and Egypt was 430 years of slavery. And God's saying, hey, remember that? Never let that happen to anybody else. Don't let it happen in your land. Don't let it happen in your land. And, um, and I'm mentioning this now because I actually think that our nation has a justice problem that... Uh, Yeah, poor minorities are jailed disproportionately. Um, we crack jokes about lawyers getting uh, getting people off. It's it's not possible to do if you're uh, if you're poor. And we, um, as a nation, are exactly doing what uh, what Israel was uh, was condemned for. We're not welcoming. We're not loving. We're not going out on a limb to uh, to engage with our neighbor, whoever they are, and uh, and the existence of that in our society 
is, I think, something that I think is something that's extremely important. And this psalm actually praises God because he's the one who doesn't do that and let that stand. So, um, so anyway. So what I think as I'm reading this is that we are still called to praise God. And actually this psalm, as, as I tried to write about it and think about it, um, has led me to a point of, uh, of, wanting, to, uh, of wanting to worship and, uh, and actually sing a, sing a new song, even when I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Because we actually serve a God who is not, um, who is not willing to, uh, to sit still, who reminds us that he's the God of glorious deeds, who reminds us that he's the creator, who reminds us of the honor, truth, and, uh, and beauty that, uh, that fill his sanctuary. And we, along with all the nations, are called to, uh, to worship him. And I think as we worship God and are transformed and become more like him, we are able, we are called to go out and engage with the people around us, even when we're hit sideways, even when we're feeling broken down, even when we have no strength at all. It's, it's God's strength and beauty that fill his sanctuary. And... Um, what I think this this psalm is is a uh, a beautiful song to call us to pray for and engage with everyone around us and to I don't know it's it's my prayer out of this psalm that we would learn to worship God and from that worship would flow hearts of love, compassion, mercy, and justice. And uh, that's everything I have for today. If I can have the uh, worship team come forward, let me pray. Father, I want to pray and just praise you that you are the God who... um, who rules over all creation, who has brought us into being, who holds the world steady, who doesn't, um, who do, who doesn't let us fall, whose honor and beauty and strength fill the sanctuary, who rules the nation, all the nations with justice. And I pray that we would be people who love you and turn and love our neighbors. Thank you for your unfailing goodness. Amen.